Blog Talk Radio. Are you tired of being sheep? Well, so is he. Get a friend, get informed, and get involved. It's We Are Not Cattle Radio. Good evening and welcome to We Are Not Cattle Radio. I am your host, Jake Counts, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. It is Thursday evening, um, October 3rd, 2013, and we are officially in day two of the government quote-unquote supposed shutdown, which is neither government nor shutdown. Just kidding. It is a partial shutdown, but um, with all the political grandstanding going on, I really don't know what to make of this. It's it's just become a calamity of errors and um, partisanship in Washington, D.C. As you look at the way that the right wing looks at it, the way that the left wing looks at it, and yes, I could sit here and give you the geopolitical analysis of well, they did say that they wanted to negotiate four times, and they sent it to the Senate, and then the Democrats refused, and Barack Obama's refusing. But let's talk about the real issues here in Washington, D.C. Shall we? Here is article number one that I would like to cover. And remember, this is um, a new show format. We're doing one hour every Tuesday and Thursday night, hard-hitting news, um, basically news, my breakdown – Analysis. The last 30 minutes, I'll open the phones up if people want to call in, weigh in on anything that's going on in the nation. Feel free to do so. Listeners, I know you're out there listening. Give me a call. I see the numbers. Don't be afraid. I'm a nice guy. We can have a conversation. Believe me, I don't know everything, and, and I don't think you know everything either, but together we might know something. So um, I'll give the phone number out here in the next 20 minutes, but what I do want to cover first is an article that came out from from Russia Today. And once again, consider the source, but they do pretty decent journalism here in America, unlike the lamestream media that never covers anything. So it says, Pentagon spent $1.5 billion only hours before the government shut down. Now, me, knowing my government, knows that that would never, ever happen in America. We would never do something last minute, under the table, underhanded, short-sighted, now, just wouldn't, have, and then never tell the American public about it. And then we would never do that. Oh, except for those um, those wars under the bushes. They were, um, yeah, they were off the books. Remember, they weren't on the books, so it didn't that doesn't count. And raising the debt limit, the amount of money that you can borrow, does not increase the debt. And the. The federal deficit stayed the same for like 80 days, so everything's fine. I mean, I guess we could – we should actually give them a raise. That's what I'm proposing. Raise the salaries in Washington and and give them all peace prizes. Anybody that voted for an unconstitutional war, anybody that voted for the NDAA, which would include everybody that I am in the district of – Give yourself a peace prize. Pat yourself on the back. 
And never, ever, ever bring up the Fed and we'll give you all raises because everything's fine. So here is the first um, part of the article coming from, as I said, Russia Today. And then once again, the headline reads, Pentagon spent $5.5 billion only hours before the government shutdown. As the clocks at the Pentagon approached midnight on Monday evening and inched America towards a government shutdown, the United States Department of Defense which used to be called the Department of War, everybody, but, you know, Lee got to keep everything politically correct for the slaves so they understand that these are all for their benefit and for our safety. Spending billions of dollars in no-bid contracts in foreign lands are all for your safety, and they're all for the security, or excuse me, for, quote, national security. Oh. <sighs> Foreign policy reported on Tuesday that the Defense Department had awarded 94 contracts totaling over $5.5 billion a day earlier, ensuring that the mightiest military on Earth would stay significantly well-stocked through an indefinite shutdown that sent hundreds of thousands of federal workers home without pay and polarized lawmakers in Washington. Now, one thing to note about all this stuff is that the fiscal year does run from October 1st through September 31st, so the fact that they dumped all this money in at the last minute doesn't really surprise me. But then again, you have to be informed to understand how the business cycle works in government. But it still is um, raising a lot of eyebrows, so let's continue. Competitively, Foreign Policy's John Reed noted that on September 3rd, the first workday of the month, the Pentagon published news of only 14 contracts. Practically one-seventh of the ones signed off on as of Monday night's deadline seemingly increased more than likely to come out of a compromise. The shutdown, now in its third day, excuse me, I'm, I, missed, um, I misspoke. We're in our third day of bliss. Now in its third day of no end in sight, and the cost to the U.S. an estimated of $300 billion of lost economic output per day, according to a research firm IHS Incorporated. But hundreds of thousands of federal employees remain furloughed in national parks and programs stay shuttered indefinitely, and the Pentagon doesn't seem to worry about that very much. No, because they're the government now. Along with the CIA, they are the government. Yippee! What goes on to show is that even more federal government shutdown and military bases have been temporarily lost in half the civilian workforce. The Pentagon can still spend a lot of money like no one else, Reed wrote. The contracts were handed out at companies providing the products or excuse me, providing products or services for the United States Defense Logistics Agency as well as the Navy, Air Force, Army Defense Threat um excuse me, Defense Threat Reduction Agency, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, or I think that's DARPA, yeah, D-A-R-P-A, look at my acronyms, and the Missile Defense Agency and Special Operations Command. Among the newest contracts are the $2.5 billion to aircraft engineer Pratt & Whitney, who, for, quote, spare parts. Um, $66 million on new fuel pier at the naval point at the naval base Point Loma, and $7.5 million for a fleet of 600 or 60 Mercedes trucks to be used in AFRICOM or a or U.S. African Command. 
Also on the ledger is over 15 million bulk helium, excuse me, for bulk helium, nearly 66 million for combat helmets, and another 9 million for field jackets to be supplied to the Afghanistan National Police. Remember, we're training them and pulling out, and they still have not figured out that we're going to be leaving their nation and leaving them to fight um, the Taliban and whatever radical other radical jihadis are in that sect. So, but everything's fine. They'll be just they'll be just peaches. Don't worry about it. It's for your safety. Additionally, the Pentagon gave one contractor nearly ten million dollars to repair the Defense Department gym. Oh, isn't that nice? With upgrades, the facility will receive a new racquetball and squash courts, new floors, a new triathlon or a new triathlon club, CrossFit training space, and for some reason, a television studio. Now, ah, probably to broadcast propaganda to the public. The Department of Defense asked for 524. Point, or excuse me, 525.4 billion. Didn't want to misconstrue the billions there from the federal government during fiscal year 2013. A reduction of around 5.2 billion from the year prior. Well, good job, guys. You cut your deficits by 10 percent. That's pretty good and pretty good work. Oh, no, I was wrong. One percent. As RT recently reported, the Pentagon expects it to spend upwards of $7 billion during next year on spending, sending supplies out of Afghanistan as the U.S. prepares to end the war in which it's in its 12th year. So once again, that was out of Russia today, everybody. And I wanted to start there because with with people talking about what is going on with the, quote, government shutdown, there is really no other than the people in the park services and 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 other non-essential government employees i think the last number i saw was somewhere around the number of 800,000 non-essential government employees it really makes you wonder why there is all this hubbub anyway now remember they always say never let a good crisis go to waste. So any chance that they can get to make you understand how much you desperately need government in your life, you yearn for government, you yearn for the pat-downs of the TSA, you yearn to get shuttled through like cattle, through the radiation backscanner machines that are completely safe according to nobody – but everything's fine. The government said so. The government told me we needed these after 9-11. just so happens they had a bunch of them standing by that were already built and ready to be deployed, but who cares? They're out there for our safety. And so with the likes of what happened today in Washington, now today there was a person that went a little crazy and decided she didn't want to go through a checkpoint, so she turned around at a barricade and a bunch of cops told her to get out of the car. She did not get out of the car. She went Grand Theft Auto on everybody and drove out of the way of the cops. The cops opened fire, of course, shooting each other, as usual, just like up in New York. They just start randomly shooting and shoot each other. And, or, excuse me, they actually shot civilians there, but cops shot each other in this incident. And I'm not going to defend the woman by any means because of the way that she was driving. She could have really hurt somebody, and that is definitely... That is definitely a case of person being whacked out of their mind. 
as I'll get into here in a bit, what we know of her, what little we know of this woman, she does have a a history of mental health issues. So once again, raising the question here in America, what is our real problem? Is our real problem the politicians in Washington that grandstand, or is it the psychopathic people that live here in the United States that seemingly turn up like little rose petals every time we turn around? And of course, everybody's got their iPhones and their cameras ready, so we record the mayhem as it happens in real time. Now, the government shutdown is one of those things that would cause somebody to go crazy, but not in the way that you would think. It would cause somebody to go crazy with glee, I would assume, that you would have to not pay taxes. Oh, no, we still have to do that. Sorry, I've got a pop-up window that keeps running this stupid commercial, and it'll pop up on me every once in a while. But no, it is not about you know, not paying taxes. It is not about the politicians not getting their salary because there was a um there was a video floating around the internet that was actually quite entertaining of an MSNBC um interview with two Republicans and they kept asking them, Are you going to take pay during this supposed um shutdown? And they say, Well what the real problem is here is the debt and they said, No, I'm gonna ask you a specific question. I want a yes or no answer. Are you gonna take pay? Well see you have to understand that the debt is the real issue. Understanding that these people have talking points when they get on the camera, they have things that they're going to say, they talk about it behind closed doors, it's all staged, it's all set up, it's all scripted, nothing's done from the cuff. It just makes me silly. And then we look at these people as if they need to do something. And I watch my local news and they go around asking people all over the United States, they ask them, well... What do you what's your message to Congress? Come on Congress, get something done. They don't have a freaking clue. And when I looked at I was checking Ben Swan's website today, um one of my new favorite resources. It's like um it like goes from I guess Drudge Report to to uh to Ben Swan to um Zero Hedge and then a and a couple of others. But um he showed a showed a graph of the the Google searches for government shutdown versus the Google searches for Breaking Bad, and it was an overwhelmingly large gap for people looking up the season ending of Breaking Bad. So what does that tell me? Well, it tells me that the global technocrats have done an incredible job of getting you completely distracted from what's going on all over the world behind closed doors and secret meetings in private with nobody able to see what's written down, or they're not allowed to take notes or make copies of the text and walk out and tell anybody about them. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, I would be referring to the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Now, if that name sounds very odd to you and you've never heard of the Trans-Pacific Partnership before, it's probably because your corporately kept media doesn't want you to know what this agreement is. Similar to the great – now we are, I'm going to flash back into some um, 1950s or a Troy McClure reference, if you will, brought to you by the same people that brought you NAFTA and GATT that are all great for your economy, shipping jobs over to seas and bankrupting you and handcuffing you with un, un, 
unbreakable litigation tactics, oh yes, and tribunal courts that supersede your constitution amongst any other documents that might be laying around in some other nation that would, you know, prevent people from GMO labeling or absolutely, you know, taking you out behind the barn and skull effing the you know what out of you. See, I can clean up the show. But I get upset about these issues because these are the things that are really going to shape our world. And the reason that nobody talks about them is because they're not trendy. Once again, it is not very – I'll be the first one to tell you. It is not glamorous to sit up here and talk about a trade agreement. And um, a friend of the show, Lee Camp, did a an incredible video on this, and you'll have to watch it. I think it's one of his moments of clarity. I'll actually put it in the – in the show notes for the show. After I finish the show tonight, guys, go to wearenotcattle.net. You'll be able to check it out there. I'll put the show notes up there. I'll um, give you hyperlinks to all the articles that I've covered and also um, any information that I've found on the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which is very limited because guess what? You can't read it. Not even Congress can read it. Oh, wait. They can read it, but they can't do anything to it. They can't talk about it. I'll, I'll get into all of this in a second. But as we're distracted with Breaking Bad and the government shutdown, you knew that there had to be a smokescreen. At least I did. The global comptrollers understand how your primitive psyche works, and yes, we all operate on a very primitive level. Even somebody like myself that believes that I can see through the propaganda and understand that there is something afoot, even I get caught up in the uh, minutia, so to speak, and get bogged down into the masses. Not that there's anything wrong with you guys. I love you to death. But guess what? We got some serious business to take care of because there's a lot of guys with pens that are signing your lives away and your children's lives away behind closed doors and saying, you listen, we're the leaders. We're leading. We got this. Let us lead. That's what we do. We lead. So let's talk about the specifics of the Trans-Pacific Partnership, meaning that we don't really have a lot of specifics, but I will get to the best article that I've found, and it's under Global Research, the Center, and it's um, globalresearch.ca, and it's the Center for Research on Global um, on Globalization. Gee, I wonder, wonder how good this is going to be. It says, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, we won't be fooled by rigged corporate trade agreements. And that is a very, very good topic. And I did share this on Facebook, so if you guys are my Facebook friends, you should have this article archived somewhere on my, on my, um, on my fan page as well as on my homepage. So here is what the article says, and I'm not going to read all of it because it is painstakingly long, but it is very, very – it's a very, very good read, and I would love for you guys to um, to check it out if you want to be more informed on this. There is nothing wrong with being informed, but right now there is nothing we can really do except for call our Congress, which is out of session or on shutdown or sabbatical or whatever they want to call it. So we have to wait until they get back into office, and then we have to start demanding that local media covers this, that national media covers this, that your constitutional, quote-unquote, elected representatives cover this, and we just got to get the word out. So it says – I'm just going to read the first couple paragraphs, and I'm just going to skip down. 
The Obama administration has been recently negotiating the TPP in secret for more than three years. Unlike past trade agreements, the text of the TPP is classified and members of Congress have restricted access to it. If they do read the text, they are not allowed to copy it, discuss it, or discuss any specifics of what's in it. However, here's the fun part. Welcome to your corporate world government that I've only been talking about for three years, but everything's fine, and we're all conspiracy theorists, tinfoil hot wearers. However, over more than 600 corporate advisors have direct access to the text on their computers. Gee, I wonder why. In the final round of negotiations that were held in... Um, in Brainy this August, since and since then, there have been informal meetings to try to finalize sections of the agreement. As far as the president is concerned, the TPP is entering the home stretch, and he needs now is for Congress to vote to grant him the fast track, otherwise known as the Trade Promotion Authority, and it's a done deal. Yippee. Just what we need, more regulations from corporations. Nothing to protect you, obviously. This is all going to be a giant screw job. Fast Track would allow the president to sign the TPP before it goes to Congress. Man, that sounds, that sounds you know, right in line with the Constitution. Members of Congress would then have a short period, um, basically with a gun to their held, be held up or hold an up or down vote, and it would be prohibited from making amendments. Mm, that's nice. Without the fast track, which is used to pass NAFTA and the World Trade Agreement, bam, those are, or excuse me, NAFTA and the World Trade Organization, once again. Anything that's world, just go ahead and assume horrible. And it is, like, and it is unlikely that the TPP could be signed into law. This is because the TPP goes far beyond a trade deal. Only five of the 29 chapters contain provisions related to trade. Of the other chapters, consistent of provisions related to the parent protections, the investor states' rights, finance deregulation, and among others. Oh, more deregulation of finance. That sounds like fun. The, TT, the TPP is a backdoor to a corporate power grab to advance the stalled WTO agenda, or a, or as Shais Masana writes in the Asian Times, the TPP is a Trojan horse branded as free trade agreement, but having nothing to do with fair and equitable treatment. In reality, it is precisely a wish list of the one percent of the worldwide corporate power. Shocker. Once again, world what organization? Hmm, interesting. And the acronyms just never seem to cease to amaze me. We expect the president to return from Bali with an increased enthusiasm to push for the fast track. To accompany this push, we should there should, will be useful misinformation campaign coming from the supporters of the TPP. To prepare the public for the expected propaganda, we will look for look to excuse me, we will look at what is being said and provide facts to counter their arguments. As far as the member of Congress are concerned, as well as hundreds of civil society groups and growing number of US residents, fast track of the TPP are not going to slide through Congress smoothly. Opposition to TPP is growing as more people 
come to understand that TPP is a rigged corporate trade deal and a not fair trade with retrospects to the people and the needs of the planet. So skipping down here, uh, about halfway through the article, it says, As the gentleman, I'm going to butcher his name, so I'm not going to say it again, uh, wrote in the Asian Times, the TPC is a Trojan horse and it is not about trade. What we know about this because of only five of the 29 chapters are about trade. Ben Beachy reports that the United States has already had trade deals with six of the seven largest TPP negotiating economies, which constitute the 90% of the combined GDP of the negotiating bloc. If So if we already have trade agreements with the countries and we know the trade deals don't reduce our trade deficit, what's the reason for the TPP, he asked. It looks like a backdoor into neoliberalism or neoliberal economic agenda that is stalled under the WTO since the Battle of Seattle in 1999. The tremendous scrutiny surrounding the TPP has is because the policies that are being pushed through are both harmful to and unpopular with the American the American public, which a lot of people don't even know what the TPP is. Fast track is necessary to protect this scrutiny because the TPP would not survive the light of day. And I'm going to be this is the last paragraph I'm going to read because I actually do love this woman even though she is a Democrat and that is kind of a um, a weird term to use if you understand what the term Democrat means. Elizabeth Warren has been one of the most outspoken members of Congress for the need for transparency. She wrote a letter to the president requesting that the text be made available to the public. (laughs) Good try, Elizabeth Warren. Remember, we're just serfs on the plantation. Even members of Congress have restricted access to the text. Zach Carter writes that some, quote, members of Congress have said that they were insulted by the complex administrative procedures the Office of the U.S. Trade Representative, or the USTR, imposed to actually access the text. Barriers not imposed on unelected corporate advisors. Once again, the corporate figureheads are writing laws and circumventing Congress, the Constitution, Everything that is sacred and would safeguard freedom, not to say that Congress is really safeguarding freedom anymore, except for the special interests, but I will say this. You have corporate groups, corporate combines getting together and charting out legislation regarding your future, your children's future, and your grandchildren's future. Now, we all know that Monsanto loves us dearly and that they would never do anything to harm us or sterilize us and that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation just does vaccines because they want to promote worldwide health. We know all these things. So if these big corporate overlords are really in it for our best interest, why is it that we can't see the text? And I think that you can answer that for yourself. So moving on. Let's talk about the Silk Road. Now, for those of you that don't know, the Silk Road was an online trading forum that you could actually go on to and trade goods such as Bitcoin for other items that you couldn't get on the regular, such as, quote, illegal guns, meaning guns with the, the serial numbers filed off on them, or you could get non state sponsored drugs, which they have coined the term illegal. 
So remember when you hear the term illegal drugs, everybody, it is not because it is illegal for them to for you to put them in your body. It is illegal because the state can't tax them and take money from them. So once again, the illegal state unstate sponsored drugs could have been traded on this website that moved around briefly. Now the website was founded by a gentleman that called himself the Dread Pirate Roberts, which I thought was absolutely fascinating. And yes, I did visit the Silk Road, and I did not make any purchases there for myself, but I did look around, and it was quite interesting to see the different things that you could get off of there. And it wasn't just drugs, and it wasn't just you know assassinations, as they make it seem. You could get all kinds of things on there if you didn't want them tracked, like you could get um, generators and things like that that you didn't want the government knowing that you had. So... The way that the system was set up, it was supposed to be a free exchange between two individuals, eliminating the coercion of the state and truly producing a free market system. Now, what happened was the profile of this gentleman is incredible, and I want to read you some of the profile of the gentleman that got busted. Now, he was busted for the marketplace, and they call it um, – here's the name of the article. It's from the Business Insider. It is called, This is the Physics Student and Unused Bookseller. He's not a seller. He actually owned a nonprofit who allegedly ran the, quote, Silk Road Market for Drugs and Assassinations. Now, once again, keep in context what this is all about. Ross William Ubrick it's an extremely smart, so let's get that out of the way first. And I'm going to read the, all of this article because it's not very long. Um, he's, not, he, he's not simply the one that allegedly built and maintained the Silk Road, a secret internet site in which criminals traded drugs and assassinations. Not just criminals. It's just maybe people that lived in a state that needed medicinal marijuana and couldn't get it because the state that they live in said that it is not a state-sponsored drug, so you can't have it. Remember, we do need to think in terminology, everybody, and understand what these terms mean in order to have a coherent conversation with one another because we need to change the vernacular and the verbiage that we use in this nation if we're going to change the nation. Remember, understand the difference between freedom and liberty – that's a very good start as well. And it's not just that he built a fortune on bitcoins by doing so. The FBI alleged that he earned about 20000 in bitcoins and commissions per day for sales on the Silk Road and about $3.4 million in total. By far the largest balance held by any Silk Road user at the same time, says the FBI indictment. Before he allegedly built the Silk Road, Eric was an engineer studying solar cells as a graduate student and in, in Pennsylvania University. Now, I'm going to skip down and skip all his bio from Penn State University. This guy's super smart, wrote a bunch of papers. There you go. There's your synopsis. A fan of Austrian school. This is the next chapter of the paragraph. It said, But he lost interest in physics and chemi chemicals sometime after graduating from Penn State and, and fell in favor of a new passion, libertarianism, a.k.a. thought crime in America. He wrote this on his LinkedIn profile. Now my new goals have shifted. I want to use economic theory as a means to abolish the use of coercion and aggression amongst mankind. Just as slavery was abolished almost everywhere, I believe violence, coercion, and all forms of force by one person over another can come to an end. 
the widespread and systematic use of force among the institution and governments. So it is my it is well, excuse me the most widespread and systematic use of force is amongst institutions and governments. So this is my current point of effort. The best way to change government is to change the minds of the governed. However, amen, brother, amen. That's what we're doing. To that end, I am creating an economic simulation to give people a first-hand experience of what it would be like to live in a world without a systemic use of force. He became a fan of the Austrian School of Economics, how dare he, and a, convers- and a conservative take on, a, on the free market. What? No, it's just pure f- whatever. The indictment against him says that he became a devoutee of the Mises Institute, once again, Ron Paul's... Terrorism Institute, I guess. And at the writings of Ludwig von Mises and Murray Rothbart, once again, two thought criminals, provided philosophical underpinnings of for the Silk Road. And if you guys don't know who Ludwig von Mises is or Murray Rothbard, please write those names down, research them, read some of their books, or get their books on Audible. They are fantastic, and they are not convoluted. It's just plain, simple, common sense that you can use in your everyday life, and it will make you a better person. The Silk Road was in many ways an apoth- in the antithesis of the free market or the apothesis of the free market economics. Yes, it was. Because it was completely encrypted and completely anonymous, using Bitcoin and uncrackable cryptocurrency, it stood outside government regulation at all, including the criminal law, until today. Now, I'm going to skip the... Um, talk about him and his girlfriend. So, let's go to the real life of the alleged mastermind. Although online he alleged he was a he allegedly was a criminal mastermind who ran the internet largest drug empire and in real life he had a lot of usual mundane stuff going on. Last year he tried to sell a 2006 Ford F150 pickup. He attended a gig at the um Flipnotics uh, coffee house in Austin. He wrote a recommendation for his real estate broker. He was also the CEO of Good Wagon Books, a nonprofit that picks up used books and other junk from your house and donates it to prison libraries. Hmm. Once again, thought crime. But after grad school, his interest became darker. Only in his Google in his only Google Plus post on April 9th, he asked, "Does anybody know someone that works for FedEx, UPS, or DHL?" The question takes on a whole new apparent meaning once you know that he has been accused of facilitating mass dealings of drugs, forged IDs, and murder-for-hire contracts worldwide. The Post is now attracting messages from sympathizers who appreciated his contribution to online privacy and security with cryptology. Enter the Dread Pirate Roberts. Udvik clearly had a goofy sense of humor. He alleged the nom de guerre on the Silk Road was the Dread Pirate Roberts, a reference from the character in the movie The Princess Bride, a joke from an online privacy point of view in the in that the Roberts character in the movie wasn't real. He was once a feared pirate, retired, passed on the fear title to an underling who passed it on again and again and again, so it is real origin is completely obscure. That is a little bit of communication on how Tor is secure networks. or There was a little bit of communication on Tor, the secure network on which the Silk Road sat. Messages routed through multiple destinations, making it nearly impossible to know where they originate from. 
Now it talks about him being under surveillance and how he was under surveillance for a while. And then it talks about um, how he tried to have this one guy assassinated. And that's pretty much the end of the article. So moving right along, now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's talk about what happened today in Washington, D.C. with the car chase. Now, here is an article from the Washington Post, and it talks about the driver killed during the car chase and what happened. So I'm going to skip into the middle part of this article. It says, um, two officers were injured during the incident, including a Capitol Police officer and a Secret Service officer. Both were not seriously harmed. The security perimeters worked, said the said Chief Kathleen Lanier on um, Thursday evening. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. The chase and the shots triggered a brief lockdown of the Capitol in which full lawmakers were and staff were focused on the ongoing government shutdown. Officers ran through the ornate hallways carrying semi-automatic weapons for what, – what does that even mean? Semi-automatic weapons, just whatever – for a tense half an hour as employees were told to shelter in place. Oh, I get it. They're using semi-automatic weapons so that they can show that that's for just law enforcement purposes only. So when they start their big left power grab about getting the guns again, the semi-automatic... Okay, I'm with them. Sometimes you just got to sift through the ether, everybody. Stay with me. We have no information related that this is related to terrorism or anything other than an isolated incident. We have no information about the driver's identity or a possible motive. The chase apparently stretched across downtown Washington. It started the security barriers outside of the one icon and ended up in the barriers of another. The police said shots were first fired at the car and the circle in the traffic circle, which actually some of this video is on YouTube. If you guys want to go find it, it is there. Shots were fired again on Maryland Avenue and 2nd Street, and then the car crashed. The police then fired again. Lanier said the officers from both the Capitol Police and the Secret Service both fired, said Lanier. But it was unclear how many officers had fired shots or how many rounds were fired in total. Probably until their clips are empty. It's just my guess. At the beginning of it all, the Oregon resident BJ and um, Oregon residents BJ and Susan Campbell saw a black sedan driving by, uh, driven by a woman heading on Pennsylvania into a security checkpoint on 15th Street in Pennsylvania. The driver went about 20 yards, BJ said, before rapidly turning around into the concrete barriers. The security guy, the Secret Service guy, was just having a cow yelling at her and banging on her car. And that probably scared the crap out of her. My guess, and ladies and gentlemen, and this will probably come out, she probably either was on drugs or had drugs in the car. Only way, only reason you would run away from a checkpoint. <clears throat> the Secret Service officers pulled back the metal gate in her path and slowly tried to go around it. The, then the agent moved the gate in front of her car. At that point, she gunned it, he said, and, and she ran down the barricade, knocked the guy up on top of the hood, rolled him off into the street, and she tore down Pennsylvania Avenue. And the whole encounter lasted about 20 seconds, he said. So continuing in the article, after witnesses said that an off-duty police officer in plain clothes was holding a lunch cooler, uh, another witness said the man was an off-duty police officer. A few moments later, about 1.7 miles away, witnesses reported seeing a black car speeding through Capitol streets pursued by several police vehicles. At first, I thought the driver was trying to get out of the way of the police, and then I realized it was being chased, said um, one of the bystanders. 
He also said a lot of screaming and shouting. The black vehicle came down First Street and was chased by the police. They were swerving all over the place. By the t- he said, but by that time I was hiding in the bushes because I was so scared. He was up on, we were, hell oh yeah, this is one of my favorite quotes. This is by Ryan Christensen. We was up at the Capitol seeing some of the protesters. Great grammar, dude. So first five or six cop cars chasing the car, and he said the small car was chased around and around the traffic circle. And you can actually see video of that online as well. And with the show notes, I'll actually put those videos that I found in the show notes tonight. So you guys can check those out tomorrow. He said, at first I thought it was a motorcade. Then the driver began pulling away between some six and eight shots were fired. He said, he said, I, he said, got that and got out of the way. He said he heard shots and the police told him to hit the ground. Uh, David Lowen, an intern with the education department, arrived shortly after the shots were fired at Capitol Hill. I saw the police hugging a small child and taking her away. At that time, Representative Connolly, and this is where all the politicians talk about how great they, how great of a job they did and all that stuff. So I'm not going to read all that. So there you go. So and the article that I did find online and I'll have to pull it up it's on my other screen here everybody so just bear with me. Says that um, the information that we do know about this woman is that she had a history of mental illness. So couple the history of mental illness with possibly having some drugs in her system or on her person perhaps and you have a the, I guess a recipe for a full on panic attack. In other car news, let's talk about the government being the good guys. Wait a minute. Yep. No. Are they? No, I don't know. Random cars, and this is coming out of um, KCCI in Des Moines, Iowa. Random cars to be selected in a traffic checkpoint for Friday. Get ready, everybody. The police state is coming, and it loves you a whole bunch. Just get ready for your random checkpoints. The Central Iowa Traffic Safety Task Force, once again, not affected by the government shutdown, I would assume, is planning the traffic safety checkpoint in West Polk County on Friday night. Ooh, a traffic safety checkpoint. Make sure that you're buckled into your car because the state really does care about you dying, I promise you. But yeah, they'll gun down some lady in her car that just panicked and freaked out, but whatever. Authorities said vehicles could be systematically chosen by officers to enter the checkpoint. Ooh, be systematically chosen, just like a TSA. That's great. For example, it may be deduced that every fifth vehicle will be directed into the station within the checkpoint. Authorities say that once stopped, the drivers can expect a brief visual verification that the traffic signals, brake lights, headlights are fully functioning properly, and current licensing, registration, and insurance documentation check. All of which is unconstitutional, but hey, I didn't know we were keeping score. Officers will be looking for on the lookout for traffic violations as well. Ooh, good. Get the violators. 
Officers will dis- distribute educational material emphasizing traffic safety during the stop. Oh, nice. Propaganda for you. Authorities said that the government is designed to assist drivers and passengers by checking the vehicle's equipment. Oh, because you're such a slave, you can't check to see if your turn signals and your brake lights don't work. And you probably don't have a light on in your car when either one of those lights go out. This is just so retarded. What a waste of money. Ah, news of the checkpoint caused a storm of comments on their Facebook page. Some question the legality of the checkpoints. <laughs> I love how they minimize that every time. Some question if we can't grope your genitals in public. Why not? You're in you're conquered. Why not? The banks own us. Let's do it. Get up against the wall, slave. It's all good. But experts said that legal <laughs> it is legal if done by the book. They always use nebulous. That is not legal. You don't have a right to stop me and see if I have the right to travel. I have the right to travel. It is not a commercial vehicle. Ah, so annoying. Commercial vehicles only, everybody. It's what the big hoax is about driver's licenses. <sighs> it's going to be a routine traffic checkpoint. Oh, routine. That's how we're going to be portrayed, says uh, Drake Law Professor Bob Rigg. The checkpoint must be set up in a safe location and be visible to motorists. The checkpoint must have signs in advance to warn drivers about the checkpoint. Yes, warning, 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 your Fourth Amendment will be violated. Then there will be a sufficient number of of uniformed officers present. Oh, good. Guys in costumes, thank God. And an entire operation must be overseen by neutral law enforcement leaders. Who knows what that means. And people don't get offended when I call them costumes, but when you start violating my rights, I'm going to call it a costume. When you start respecting my rights, I'll call it a uniform. If I were the county attorney's office, I'd be a little bit nervous about doing traffic checkpoints, and I would make sure that the officers are well instructed in the terms of what they can and can't do. Ooh, Look at Bob Rigg. Get him, Bob. What can't they do? Let's find out. Rick said because there's an often an underlying reason for these checkpoints. No. Looking for other criminal violations, operating while intoxicated, possible drug violations or other drug violations of criminal or other violations of criminal activity besides routine traffic issues. Way to go. Bob wins the prize, everybody. If the checkpoint leads to citations or arrests, the charges are often challenged, as they should be, because it is, never mind, we've already been over this. Then you're going to trigger an analysis by the, by the lawyers down the road of who is in what's that, was the seizure legal? Hmm. Interesting. Officials of the Polk County Sheriff's Office were unable to be interviewed on Thursday, oh how convenient, but told the KCCI that the project will be collaborated, or there will be a collaboration of about 20 to 30 officers, oh man that is good wasteful spending, from agencies in the Polk County, including local police departments as well as the state patrol. God, why don't we just set them up everywhere, then we can all feel safe. I would feel so much safer if we just had checkpoints everywhere. It would be like, oh, speaking of which, not a spoiler, but I will tell you, by the end of this weekend, 
I'm going to make a prognostication that I will have document number two. If you go to the website, wearenotcattle.net, there is a subsection in the new taskbar titled Decoding Propaganda. I believe that Josh and I are going to be working on that project this weekend. If not, it will be completed by next weekend because he's going to come down here and visit me. So look for our first episode of Decoding Propaganda. It's going to be a very short video clip. It's going to be a brief synopsis, but it's going to give you an idea of what we're going to do with this to try to show you how the manipulation works so that you can, like I did when I was reading the article, running around with semi-automatic weapons. Dude, their pistols are semi-automatic weapons. Are they running around with pistols? What are you talking about? So going to show you how the verbiage that you hear in the media and that you use in your everyday life can be skewed. So we want everybody to get on the same path when we talk about our definitions because we want to make sure that we're all having the same conversation. It's what I equated it to a couple of podcasts ago is if you ask a true uh, anarcho-capitalist what the definition of capitalism would be, they're going to be a very different answer than if you asked what a if you asked a progressive liberal what their definition of capitalism would be. So once again, we have to be on the same terms here, no pun intended, but we do have to have the same definition of terms so that when we do have debates or interactions with people that we can always understand where they're coming from and we can voice our viewpoint to the utmost, I guess, succinctity. Wow, did I just make up a word right there? I think I did. Just make it as succinct as possible. There we go. So we've got about 10 minutes left. I will open up the lines for phone calls if anybody's out there and wants to call in way on anything I've talked about. Or if you just want to ask me some random off-the-wall questions, you are more than welcome to do so. 602-753-1916 is the number to call in here. So as we're perusing through the news that I've got here, let me find – I've got time for one more article and it should – I don't know how to close this show here. I've talked about the craziness that happened in Washington. I've talked about the – oh, here we go. This is another good one. Things that you don't hear all the time. And this is out of Reuters. Japan's Fukushima nuclear reactor plant operator says another tank leaked toxic water. Oh, man. Are you telling me that a corporation, Tempco, and a bunch of governments lied to me about pollution? No. Come on. And it's in Alabama? Where are you at? And if anybody wants to know what I'm talking about, just Google Anderson, Alabama cancer, and you will find out. It's just loads of fun from the corporations. They love you. They love you. Bill Gates got some shots for you. Okay, so... Uh, The article says here, the operator of Japan's crippled Fukushima nuclear power plant said on Thursday, another tank holding highly contaminated water overflowed, probably sending the liquid into the Pacific Ocean in the second such breach in two months. But, you know, kind of like the Simpsons, the three-headed fish, everything's fine. Recent site mishaps have returned to Tokyo Electric or Tokyo Electric Power Company or Tempco to the spotlight calling to question its ability to execute a complex cleanup that could last decades. Hmm, interesting. 
The company is vowed to monitor uh, the tanks and more closely to improve water management. Oh, once again, after we all screw up really badly, we're going to change that. We're going to... We'll do it so much better next time we have a radiation leak. You guys just watch. Amid mounting international alarm, Japan's government stepped in the last month and said it would fund efforts to to improve uh, fund efforts to improvement water management of the no, bad writing to improve water management at the plant. The latest leaks show that Temco's efforts to improve the handling of the contaminated water are not sufficient. The government's top security spokesman, Yoshihide Jaga, said, told reporters on Thursday. The government will take steps to deal with the water, he said, adding that his thought on the situation was that the situation was under control. Thank God a government bureaucrat came out and told us that the situation is under control. I was getting worried. So Temco has been relying on hastily bulk tanks that could hold excess of cooling water to flush out the damaged reactors at the Fukushima Dashi plant, which the three units suffered meltdowns of hydrogen explosions after March 2012 earthquake and tsunami. Temco said that the water that leaked contaminated 200,000 200, barnacles per liter of beta-emitting radioactive isotopes. Nah, that's fine. That stuff's good for you, including strontium-90. That stuff's so good for you, I want to take some vitamins of it. The legal limit of strontium-90 is about 30 barnacles per liter. Hmm. Once again, 200,000 barnacles per liter against 30. 200,000, 30, that seems safe. Eh, they got everything under control. Everything's fine. The breach has discovered a tank of the holding area away from the 300, me, 300 metric tons of toxic water that escaped back in August. About 430 liters, uh, 113 gallons of water spilled over the period in such as much as 12 hours after the workers misjudged how it could be held by the tank, which is... <coughs> which is tilting because it's an uneven location, said the Temco spokesman, um, Mashiashi Oho, Ano, excuse me. I should really try to like run these through a speech, I don't know, simulator or something. I'm butchering all these names. The company, uh, the company is fil uh, filling tanks to the brim and does not have the capacity to emit the buildup of the contaminated water, Ono said, adding that the water is likely to have flowed into the trench leading into the Pacific at about 300 meters or yards from the tank. This is pumping in... This is pumping out unaccumulated rainwater from the tank areas as well. After repeated denials, Temco admitted in, Ju in July that the contaminated water was flowing into the Pacific Ocean from the wrecked reactor buildings at Fukushima. And that stuff just comes right across the East Coast and hits, you know, California, but everything's fine. Measurable radiation from the leak from the water leaking from the facility is most likely confined to the harbor around the plant, officials say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. There are government officials. I mean, it's fine. And not the event threat, or excuse me, and not an environmental threat to other countries as the radiation will be dulled and diluted by the sea, which is probably true. Temco has been hum pumping hundreds of metric tons of water a day into the Fukushima reactors to keep them cool and storing the radioactive wastewater in tanks above the ground. 
It also has high levels of radiation just above the ground near the other tanks, suggesting the widespread structural problems with the tanks. So once again, it is not just our loving government, everybody. Governments all around the world just want to give you big hugs. In Japan, they want to give you a radioactive hug. In America, they want to give you the TPP knife in the back hug. And over in Europe, they want to give you your money is worth nothing hug. So as we've learned from today's podcast, the thing that really does come out of government is nothing but pure love, everyone. And it's unfortunate that we haven't had any callers on today. I will wrap up the show with this. This weekend, I will be doing a two, possibly even three-hour show with a couple of my friends. Now, this will be a completely different format than what you heard just briefly. It's not going to be fast-acting news where I pick three or four topics, expand on them, read the articles, and let you know what's going on in the world and what the really propaganda-pushing mentality is going to be. I don't even know if that made sense, but it made sense in my mind. But this weekend, it will be a much more laid-back format. There will probably be alcohol involved, so it will be an absolutely hysterical thing to listen to. And it's just a way for me to kind of cut loose a little bit because if I keep reading these documents and I keep doing research in my spare time and I keep listening to audiobooks and keep you know, expanding my consciousness, eventually I'm going to go crazy if I don't blow off some steam. And... Not certifiably crazy. I'm just going to go crazy with intellect, everybody. So once again, cutting the podcast a little bit short tonight, but um, I left some room for callers. So thanks, everybody, for listening. You know, Get a friend, get informed, and get involved. And perhaps on the weekend show, check it out. I'll actually put it once I have the dates figured out and the time. If you want to listen to it live, i got a bunch of people listening to it live right now. I'm very disappointed in you for not calling in. I'm going to channel my parents. Very disappointed in you callers for not calling in. But I do love you and I do appreciate you listening to me because there's a lot of things you could be doing at 9 o'clock on a Thursday night. And listening to me, that really makes me feel really, really good. So take a look at the website um, over the next couple of days once I get it figured out if it's going to be tomorrow night, Saturday night, or even a Sunday morning show. That's probably going to be the the more than likely the target would be like a Sunday 11 o'clock show. If you see a Sunday 11 o'clock show, it's probably going to be a similar format to this, a little bit more cutting up, but it will be news and facts and analysis and and probably some more down the wormhole or down the rabbit hole type of stuff. But if you see it on a Friday night or Saturday night, man, I would tune in because it's going to be some fun, fun stuff. And it might be pre-recorded, and we might just run it on a different day. But um, anyway, uh, follow me on Twitter. We are not cattle, the number one. Share the message about the broadcast. Remember, we are lovers of freedom. We are lovers of humanity. And we are really just trying to make the world a better place and get people to pay attention to the real issues that we face in the world. And the real issues that we face are not Miley Cyrus. The real issues that we face is a global corporate government set up by technocrats. And that's about it. It is just that, global corporate government set up by technocrats, ready to run your life and make you a nouveau riche slave. Doesn't that sound like fun? Slavery sounds great. At least I won't have to know, worry about where my next meal is coming from because it will be provided for me and my little orange jumpsuit will be there too. So that's it for this podcast, everybody. Get a friend, get informed, and get involved. And um, remember to check uh, wearenotkettle.net for the listings for this weekend's show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Oh, you deserve your freedom. Feeling